Right Now Media. There's a lot of videos and Bible studies on there that you can do with your kids at home. And so if you don't have that, send us your email. Send it into the church email address. And uh, Amy's just got to click a couple things and, and you're good to go. And so uh, we will get you hooked up with that so you have some resources to make up for that at home. Next Sunday is going to look a lot like this Sunday in that we're going to have no classes. We are going to meet Barring any kind of, uh, you know, hey, I didn't know this week was going to look like this, so I can't tell you what next week's going to look like. However, our plan right now is we will meet, we won't have class, um, and so plan on that. Um, finally, I know there are a lot of our uh, elderly and uh, those who are in the at-risk age bracket who are not able to get out right now and who shouldn't be getting out right now and uh, we are trying to meet their needs and so we're asking that if you know of a need if you know somebody who who needs something whatever it is you know they need they need somebody to bring them a gallon of milk that's okay we're, we're here to do that we have a number of people who have volunteered and said hey I'd like to be a part of that I'd like to serve um, and so two things. Number one, if, if you want to serve in that capacity, if you want to uh, help take care of the widows in this time of distress and those who are shut in, can't get out, contact me or the church office and we'll hook you up. Second, if you are somebody who is in that uh, bracket or you know somebody um, who needs help, contact us and allow us to uh, see what we can do in that regard. If you have your Bibles this morning, Mark chapter 5 is where we're going to start at. We're not going to have a slideshow. I had a really great sermon, but I threw it out because we're, we're going rogue this morning. We've, uh, well, we kind of needed to talk about some of the things that were going on in our world. Occasionally, we'll do that, and, and God will lead us in a different direction. Mark chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 21, and then we're going to skip around a little bit, so bear with me. But Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands uh, come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Jesus is going to heal her. Then we're going to pick back up in verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, your faith is healed. You go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid. Just believe. I think that may be the word for us this week. Don't be afraid. Just believe. I think that may be the word for our culture this week. In our culture in the affluent West, we have developed a numbness towards death. We, we, we you know, we talk about our phones dying um, we die repeatedly in video games. It just becomes this thing we talk about. In the meantime, our lives are lived in a way that illustrates how scared we actually are of it. This, this denial of death. We, we, uh, we think that 
we're not going to live there. We're not going to be affected by that. We don't like to think about that. We don't like to talk about that. We, we strive, in the words of Henry Nouwen, to be relevant, spectacular, or powerful in our quest to live a meaningful and significant life in the face of death. And you see it on our, our Facebook and our Twitter and our Instagram and all of these things where, where we're trying to, to, to do everything we can to promote that we're living this great life that we are flaunting, when in reality, there's a little bit of neurotic anxiety at work. That's, that's the power of death in our life. We want to pretend like it's not there. It's, it's part of our slavery to the fear of death. And from time to time, something comes along like we've seen this week. And death is right in our face. And that fear, that slavery to the fear of death takes over. When, when we face it head on, directly and straightforward, we see it in the hysteria. We see it in people stockpiling resources that they don't really need. Uh, we see people uh, running out to, to grab things just because they need to feel like they're doing something. And our fears become less about self-esteem and more about physical security. And, and as the fear of death falls on us, so does the power of the devil. That uh, sounds a little bit harsh. But, but when we're gripped by fear, our capacity for love and compassion and hospitality dries up. When we're gripped by that fear of death, we become so consumed by this survival instinct that we're not worried about loving our neighbor anymore. That we're not worried about taking care of those people that need taken care of. And that's the problem, is that that fear of death sometimes erodes our love. But the Bible says that perfect love drives that fear out. Hebrews tells us that that fear of death, that slavery to the fear of death, is the power of the devil. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 through 16 says, Since children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. But John's going to go on and tell us that love, true Christ-like love, open, involves, it, it, drives that, it drives that fear out. But that love involves opening ourselves up to risk. And, and risk involves fear and uncertainty. There's no guarantees with, with love. There's no guarantees in acting with love. doesn't mean we act recklessly or foolishly, but it means that doing the loving thing, the compassionate thing, the human thing, involves facing down our fears, despite whatever the media may tell us. John chapter 4, verse 18, there's no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is made perfect in love. That fog of fear, whether legitimate or not, it's the dark spell of Satan which is cast over us to bewitch us. When we become overcome with our fear of, of death, we, we become shut off from one another. We become adversarial with one another. And, and that erodes everything that the power of love is trying to build. Oswald Chambers once wrote, 
The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. The most rudimentary understanding of Christian scriptures involves the teaching that our future in this world does not rest upon superior firepower. When fearful people are longing for a sense of security, the mature Christian answer is not, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. The answer is, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I like that. I, I like that because when you fear God, you fear nothing. But when you don't fear God, you fear everything. It was remarkable to me this week, and, and some of you got to experience this, and some of you didn't. You come from the, the outside world where people are stockpiling resources, people are locked in their homes, people are scared to death, the media is telling me all this stuff all the time. I'm being constantly inundated. Hey, you get locked in your house and, and you're, you're locked up. You want the best thing you can do? Turn that thing off, okay? And, and stop reading Facebook. If you can do those two things, that's my prescription for a happier week. Um, but all that aside, you leave all that. And I came in here yesterday morning. As this family said goodbye to their mom, this lady that was a, a wonderful Christian example, who loved God, and, and the contrast was remarkable. The world out here was freaking out because they might die. And this family was rejoicing because their mother had gone home. You see the difference? When you fear God, you don't fear anything else. There's nothing death can do to you. There's nothing a, a, a virus can do to you. Because it's already been taken care of. The story in Mark 5 ends with Jesus healing that girl. Because when Jesus shows up, everything changes and all the rules go out the window. And so viruses and death and all those things that are the big bad monsters in our lives vanish in the face of Jesus. One of my other favorite stories that I kept thinking about this week is in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6, I think. Wait a minute. Now I've got to check myself. 2 Kings chapter 6, the... the the story of Elisha, the servant of God. Uh, Elisha is, is uh, well, the king of Aram is, is trying to kill the king of Israel. And he's working really hard at it. And, and he sets all these ambushes. He sends all these, uh, all these uh, assassins. And he has them all in the right places at the right time. And he gets them all set up in these awesome ambushes and traps. And the next thing you know, the king of Israel doesn't go that way. And, and he's getting really frustrated. It's making him mad. And so he, he sets up another one. He gets all of his things set up and his ambush and his traps and his assassins and his arrows and his war stuff and everybody, and they're ready to get him. And the king of Israel doesn't go that way. And he's getting frustrated. And he's getting mad. And he yells at his advisors. And the advisors say, look, there's a prophet in Israel. And God tells him what we're going to do before it's even out of your mouth. And so he decides, well, there you go. We're going to quit trying to kill the king of Israel, and we're going to kill this prophet. Now, the same prophet that saw him coming before would... Pro Evil's not real smart. Anyway, 
So this, this king of Aram, he goes and he finds out where the prophet is living and, and he sends his armies and they surround this place at night. And, and they're on every side and there's no escape. There's nowhere he can go. They're going to end this prophet. And so that morning, the, the prophet's servant gets up to go fetch water or whatever it is he's doing in the morning. And he walks outside and he stretches and he's checking out everything and all he sees is chariots, soldiers. And man, he's terrified. And he goes back inside and he says, Elisha, you don't understand. They're, they're st- and they're out here and they're, and, and, and they're going to get us. And he's freaking out. Elisha doesn't care. He's just cool. And don't you understand what's going on out here? Don't you see? They're here. They're going to kill. And Elisha says, well, let's read it. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This morning, I want us to remember those who are with us are more than anything that comes against us. This morning, I want us to remember don't be afraid, just believe. This morning, I pray that our eyes can be opened and that we can see this situation, that we can see our world with a godly vision. That we can see this is an opportunity when the church can stand up and show the world that this is what a life that's been redeemed by the blood of Christ looks like. And this is why it provides us with a fearlessness that they can't understand. We're going to pray for that vision. We're going to pray for that strength and that courage. This morning, we're going to ask elders and their wives to be at the back of the room. If you need somebody to pray with you this morning, go to them. Um, If you're at home and homebound and and you need somebody to pray with you, um, you contact us here at the church this week. We're going to to be here. We're going to be manning the the place. And and, uh, we will be happy to pray with you. We'll be happy to to do whatever it is that, that, that you need uh, because we're not going to be overcome by fear. And so as we go to God in prayer this morning, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and, and then we're going to sing a couple of songs. If we can pray with you, if we can minister to you, if, if you decided this morning, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm done living in fear, I want to give my life to Christ, we will baptize you this morning where, where you can repent, you can confess, you can be buried with Him in baptism, raised to a new life, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can face death and that, and that slavery of death will be, slavery to the fear of death will be released in your life. Let's go to God in prayer and then we're going to sing a song. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, that through the blood of your Son, we can live without fear. Lord, we confess that we don't always do that, that sometimes we believe, but we need help with our unbelief. Sometimes, Lord, we get caught up in the the craziness of the world around us and 
we start believing all the stuff and, and we start thinking this is home. Lord, we repent of that and we confess that and we ask you to redeem us of that. Give us your vision. Give us your eyes. Give us your eyes to see this world. Give us your eyes to see our place. Give us your vision to see that those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Lord, bless us this morning. All those who are here, all those who are tuning in wherever they are, we ask your blessings, we ask your strength, we ask your protection, and mostly we ask you, Lord, to break the chains, the slavery to the fear of death that holds us captive. Release all in the name of Christ Jesus. Bless us, Lord. Help us as we go from this place to do all that we do to the glory and honor of your name. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.